0: welcome to the black magic podcast live at the london podcast yeah. festival this is about a podcast yeah. where we celebrate black british women yeah. and give them the space to talk about their successes their challenges their triumphs so today i'll be joined by two women Hi. <laughs> been, Ladies. Hi. <laughs> So both of them kind of challenge the status quo in their respective industries. We've got Candice Braithwaite, who's the founder of Make Motherhood Diverse. So she challenges the representations of motherhood in the mainstream. And Deanne Kentish Rogers, who was the first black Miss Universe Great Britain in a project's 66-year history. Mm -hmm. So welcome, ladies. Thank Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you.
0: So who were some of the black women that you looked up to growing up? And where did you see yourself reflected?
1: Well, for me personally, it was in my family structure. So I have a very interesting story in terms of where my time was split. I was raised on the British Overseas Island of Anguilla and my surroundings were all like very powerful black women. So my great aunt was the the first principal on the female principal in the region. My other great aunt, she was the first female QC in the Caribbean region. So I had very powerful women around me. My grandmother, she didn't go to school, but she spent her time making sure that she provided for everyone. So yeah. I saw myself and everyone who I was surrounded by and they made no apology for the things that they were pursuing. And so when I came to the UK many years ago, I, I kept the same spirit with me. Yeah. And I think that's where I drew my inspiration and my strength from.
0: Nice, amazing. Mm-hmm. To have kind of women doing you know, those kind of things mm-hmm. in, in the country that you can look up to in your family yeah, and yeah. things. Because I, I always think if you can see it, then you, can, you know what's, what's possible. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It, it definitely gives you a different perspective on what you can achieve from a very
2: young age. You yeah. don't feel very limited.
0: Nice, amazing. What about you, Candice?
2: Um, Definitely my nan. I was raised by my maternal grandparents. So my nan and granddad when my mum went back to work. But then my granddad was mugged shortly before I was born and he was left blind in one eye. So he had to quit work and it was really interesting seeing those gender roles shift Mm. at that time. Because then my nan went out to work and paid the mortgage and he took me to school. And... That's now reflected in my own relationship. Like the man I've chosen to be with doesn't have those gender norms. So that's really interesting. But definitely my nan, she was one of 14 kids. One of 14 kids. Um, she came over from Barbados, you know, worked every job God sent that she didn't want to work. So now I'm amazed that I get to do a job I actually like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, yeah. and obviously at the time when your granddad was doing that as well, that would have def- that would have been an t- era where it was probably really unheard of for the mm-hmm. man to be kind of at home and yeah. bringing the children to school mm-hmm. and probably taking on the kind of caretaker role yeah. Yeah. and things. So seeing that, like, um, how I mean, was, did he inspire you? Kind of that he was able to kind of take on that position and mm-hmm.
2: not? yeah, definitely, definitely because um, like I said, as I then grew up. I didn't look for a man who was just like, I'm a man, this is what I do. Like So I got back from Paris this morning. Mm. My other half has been with the kids for four days, mm. with no help. And that's very helpful to me, and especially being a black woman in any industry, your support and your infrastructure is so important. Because where, I would say, white people can just ascend easily you need backup you need like strict childcare mm. you need to drop what you're doing at a moment's notice because the opportunities are so few and far between so having a guy around that's just like that's anyone's job it's yeah. helpful
0: and which is amazing because you know i see it in friends and things there's lots of people that struggle when it comes to the kind of whole childcare thing mm-hmm. and, and i really hate when people say oh who's got the kids and people say the dad's babysitting <laughs> how are you babysitting <laughs> That's, that's your children. I mean, speaking of childhood, I mean, what was your childhood like? What was school like for you? I mean, let's start with you.
1: Um, so, I grew up on a farm. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> so I, I was uh, my most of my childhood. I spent like running around barefoot, rocks in my feet all the time. So I was I was quite like a. Uh, I didn't really focus on anything but being a child. Mm. So it was. I think that was a privilege because I don't think many children are allowed yeah. to have that kind of freedom to just be a child and exist in that space. And my mom, in short, I mean, my, my mom is a single mother and she yeah. raised me on a diet of books. Mm-hmm. That was her. That was her recipe. At Christmas...
0: <laughs> no, no dolls. or toys.
1: All the kids would get dolls and toys. And there was I with Enid Blyton. I was like, what is happening to my life? But... I see now why it was important for her because she she kind of inherited what my grandmother, what my grandmother and my great aunt they they were very focused on education because mm. they didn't have the opportunity. My grandmother and they, they grew up really really poor, and yeah. so my mom didn't want that to be my reality. And so she was like, "Education is your key,"
0: mm.
1: and um, I capitalized on it. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you have a single mother, you know that they don't play games when it comes to making sure that you are on target. I mean, they have to split their time between taking care of you and bringing in, you know, the bread and butter as well. Exactly. But my mom did a phenomenal job and I, I I have to thank her for every day of my life and every breath that I take. And so, I then, we, I then progressed into the comprehensive school and then I left and I came to the UK and I I went to the University of Birmingham. Yeah, did my law degree, mm-hmm.
0: and now you're a barrister. And now I'm a barrister.
1: Yes, <laughs> well done. Thank you. Yeah, so that that was my my journey through the education system. So I can see why it's important to a lot, of, especially, I think for our our cultures, mm-hmm. we you can see our parents and our ancestors. They're just like very focused mm-hmm. on making sure you have. An education, even though they don't particularly know. Okay, there's they're doctor, lawyer, engineer. Yeah. That's what you can come back with. But <laughs> you're like, actually, there's so many other things out yeah. there that could make your life have more meaning. And
0: that's why I always value kind of my child and how and how my mum was because, even though. You know, my generation, my family were the first that went to university. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a degree in journalism, history and politics, and she always knew that I wanted to do something creative. But luckily for me, she never limited that. She yeah. didn't say, oh, no, what what is that? That's not going to bring you any money or that's not yeah. going to, you know, it's not a stable career. <laughs> she yeah. just thought, OK, if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. And so it sounds like as well, even though your mum was strict, she kind of believed in the things that you wanted to do. Yeah, she what about you? What was your kind of childhood and kind of school days like?
2: very tumultuous
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> so completely so while <laughs> well, well, Deanna was on the farm living this idyllic life and reading life then
2: you were like going through what were you going through? I, I was raised on Brixton Hill okay. before it's the Brixton we know now yeah. <laughs> like my grandparents bought their house for 17k oh, wow. and it's now going to push for about 840,000 amazing wow. so, at, at least I, I kept it <laughs> um, <laughs> but I um, they raised me didn't really see my mum much I saw my dad on the weekends love my dad I, I had a really good relationship with him he passed away um, and they, my nan and granddad are just the foundation of everything mm. but um, I loved school I loved going to school but I was never, like, backed into a corner about uni. I didn't go to uni. I didn't yeah. get a degree. I was like, I'm going travelling. Like, literally, I just thought I was this valley blonde white girl that could just take <laughs> off and do whatever. I was like, I'm going travelling, I'm going to see the world. And that came to an abrupt end. I was an au pair in Italy, and my dad died of sepsis. He got oh, the flu. So and He got flu on Monday and died on Wednesday. Oh, wow. And I'm his only child, so it was a very quick turnaround. And he died when I was 21... And it was literally like being left at the door of adulthood. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I don't really understand what's going on. And um, my childhood before that, it was just very rocky. My nan and granddad divorced after 37 years of marriage. It was a very violent divorce. I was privy to all of that. So where you were allowed to be a child, I had to grow up quick yeah Yeah. and then my sister was born when I was seven I hated her because I'd been the only child for seven years and then I'm like who are you (laughs) who's this popping on the block like I'm not interested (laughs) (laughs) and then she came along and then by the time I was 14 my brother was born yeah so I'm 30 now and he's 15 like the age gap is massive yeah and I took on that motherly role Of him, Mm. so I feel like I was forced to grow up a bit quicker. I don't view it with any sadness. You get what you get, Mm -hmm. and you just have to make the best of it. Um, But yeah, my childhood up and down. Hmm.
0: So it was up and down. But although you didn't go to university, obviously you were at school and things. So what were your ambitions then,
2: and did you get to realise them kind of after? Do you think? My what were my ambitions? I. I loved writing, and I'm now in the process of writing my first book. And I think we've got two publishers interested, so praise be to God. Um, I went to performing arts school. I filled out the application form in secret. I forged my mum's signature, (laughs) because I knew they weren't going to have it. I posted it myself. I was 14, um, the Brit School of Performing Arts. And I got in. Fantastic. And obviously, when I I got in, everyone was like, yeah! (laughs) Like, it was their idea. I was like, please. um, I went, and it was a really interesting experience. I think when you're that young in an environment that is trying to, like, hone children basically to be famous, Mm -hmm. it can be really damaging to their self-esteem. If my daughter was 14 now and said, I want to go perform in art school, over my dead body, I think you're too young for that level of pressure. Perhaps for college, like, Mm -hmm. do it part-time until... And while I was there, I realised, okay, I don't want to do any of this i think i want to be a broadcaster slash journalist yeah but this was before the boom of social media mm-hmm. then as social media came along i was like right i'm not going to wait for the bbc i'm not going to wait for channel 4 because yeah. the take up on black women is just too damn slow i'm gonna run home every day pop up on my camera and see how we go from there um before my dad died i was a receptionist in- he was a lawyer um, and I was a receptionist and he was just like, do law, do law. And I was like, no, but my heart's not in it. Yeah. And I'm a very feeling person. I'm a yeah. Pisces. I am like, I was just about to ask you Are you <laughs> <laughs> <"Are> your Yeah. <patient?" laughs> I'm like, if I don't yeah. feel it, like yeah. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So I was literally just like grabbing at straws. And then after my daughter was born, I went to work in publishing. I was the only black woman on my floor. And... When I was working in publishing, that's when influencer marketing began to take off, and I'd spend all day speaking to these white yummy mummies, and they'd be like, "Oh, my fee is such and such," and I'd sit back and be like, "I could do what you do, you know? (laughs) I could fully do this. There's no black mother in this arena Mm. trying to corner the market, and so I did that.
0: So, is that where the idea came from for Make Motherhood More Diverse?
2: Yeah, yeah. parenting, you know, when I find when I was pregnant with my first, there was a touch of joy, but it was more like, kids, really? Now? <laughs> it's not seen as, you know, like a, a joyous occasion if you're a black girl of a certain age, because, mm. and I wasn't even that young, I was 26, but they expe- uh, uh, my grandparents expected so much from me. Yeah. They felt like having a child was cutting my life short. Yeah. And I was like, no, but again, in, in the parenting world, these white parents are winning. They're making a lot of money from sharing their parenting experiences. And it really annoys me like, black parenting isn't just single mothers. Yeah. I had a single mother, but it's not just that. And even if they are single, they're not always struggling. Yeah. It's not always a deadbeat dad. I make it like my daily chore to get up and shove it in people's face mm-hmm. that there are black nuclear families yeah. holding this thing down because they don't want you to see
0: it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing with, I guess, media representation, yeah. you know, seeing all the kind of work from Breath of Blackness and Black families and mm-hmm. So it's amazing that you're doing something like that, and I guess it's on the beauty stage as well. I mm-hmm. mean, you, know, you were the first black winner in this pageant's 66-year history. Mm-hmm. So obviously, that you know was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, I read that like in a day, like you. I think you went from like 700 to like 7,000 followers. It was, followers. Crazy. It was <laughs> and, crazy. And so yeah. I can imagine that's how many people were just looking up to you, and so yeah. kind of happy for you. Yeah. So how did that make you feel?
1: I mean, it was, you know, when you you you. You can't believe that you're in a moment, and so you you keep kind of pinching yourself, thinking, okay, when is it going to hit home? Because Mm. the kind of messages that I received, they range from messages from mothers talking about wanting their child to have someone to look up to, Mm. and then to actual girls just messaging me and saying, you know, I used to be bullied for my skin color. They used to call me Blick I think that's mm. the term, blick, and, and, and I, I used to be ashamed of it, but I love hearing your message. And I, I'm happy that my story can empower someone to feel confident in themselves, yeah. in themselves, but it's also part of my experience thus far in my life and, and the, the privilege I've had of having friends who span different, you know, very different careers and, and paths. And yeah. I, I keep trying to tell people yes, I've done a lot with my life but you don't have to be me. You can be yourself. You mm-hmm. can you can go through a totally different process and still be worth praising. Mm-hmm. So, and that's part of the message that I wanted to pass on because it's, even being a black woman, it's about Telling people that you have that we have a very diverse story. Each one of us is very different. You yeah. can't typecast us and stereotype us because we're all very different. Our experiences are different. Our politics is different. And that's what's that's the message that I really wanted to send. Yeah.
0: And that's the reason why I do the podcast as well, because, you know, a lot of the times people look at the... and listen to the African-American experience, you know, listen to what's happening in the Caribbean or Africa, Mm -hmm. but nobody kind of thinks about the experience of kind of us being black British women Mm -hmm. and and living here in this country and hearing Mm -hmm. our stories. I mean, you started in athletics and then transitioned into modelling. So how did that happen?
1: I did. So I I started athletics from a very, very young age. Mm. And my... My end goal was always to make the GB Olympic team. But, you know, God has a plan. And sometimes that plan. You made a plan and God's plan. They're two different plans. Yep. So um, I ended up with a really bad knee injury in one of the games. And so it was, it was kind of like a... a you have moments in your life where you just feel like, okay, what's my purpose? Yeah. Because I was doing law. Now, I mean, I like the law, don't get me wrong. But I was doing law, but my, my heart was in sports.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I felt as though I had been a bit broken at that point. And it, it, it really was about me finding another place. Avenue. Another avenue to mm. express myself and to use the same platform because it, it sports is a platform. Whatever you do is a platform because you mm. can reach you can reach people and pageantry mm. kind of just stuck out to me. <laughs> I, it, it seemed like such a weird option. Everyone was like, "Why are you an athlete? What are you doing? Why are you putting on <laughs> heels? You're gonna break your ankles." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's calm <right? laughs> um, and. It really allowed me to discover a lot of things about myself. Mm, because well. um, it allowed me to, to firstly identify that I was very conflict-averse. So I'm usually a very conflict-averse person. But when you, when you enter something like pageantry, where people try to influence you, what you do, what you wear, mm-hmm. you have to speak up. Mm-hmm. You have to say, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I learned how to... I learned how to stand... Because it's easy to stand... I think it's easier to stand up for other people than it is to stand up for yourself. Mm. And so I learned how to stand up for for myself through pageantry, telling people that's not the message. I mean, even even taking care of my skin and people saying, oh, maybe you should just get like a filler here or there. I was like, I am not getting any fillers, first of all. I mean, I'm a black (laughs) woman, so I really don't... I don't need anything else extra. (laughs) So it was... It was about just sending consistent messages and telling people, "This is what I want." Yeah, and that that was a learning experience for me, and that was important. Yeah.
0: Um, And what was it like, kind of behind the scenes? Because actually, I I entered a beauty pageant years and years ago, Miss Jamaica UK,
1: and I won.
0: I remember being in it, and people, mm. you know, saying you should have your hair like this. Mm-hmm. You should, again, you should wear mm-hmm. these clothes. And people always trying to kind of dictate. Yes. And I know not, not one of them thought I was going to win. Yeah. No, not one person. And mm-hmm. things. So when I did win, everybody Everyone. was surprised. And yes. things. So, um, so, so it's it's interesting, kind of the dynamics mm-hmm. when you're in a with a group of kind of women and things, because yes. there were the ones that were supportive of each other regardless. Yeah. But then the the ones yeah. in that space that are mm-hmm. a bit bitchy. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: Well, my experience hasn't, to, to be fair, my experience has been great. And I mean, maybe I'm a, I, I focus on things very intently. So, um, regardless of what other people are doing, it doesn't affect me personally. Yeah. Um, and even beforehand, people would ask me about my hair a lot. I was like, oh, well, I mean, dreadlocks isn't very beauty pageanty. I was like, well, I'm going to make it beauty pageanty. And you did. <laughs> Because it's 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 it, to me it rings false if you have to change yourself to accomplish something. Not change yourself in a positive because mm-hmm. the part, some changes are positive, but if you have to change something that you identify as mm-hmm. in order to be accepted, then there's something wrong with that picture.
0: Yeah, amazing. So you made the decision to kind of enter into the pageant mm-hmm. and that's and enter into that world and you made a decision to enter into kind of the online space and become an influencer so i mean for people that don't know what an influencer is what would you say an influencer is
2: i'm still trying to figure that out <laughs> <laughs> apparently an influencer is someone who has a a, a large online following mm-hmm. who then brands then approach to advertise through you mm-hmm. because a it's cheaper no matter how much they pay me it's cheaper than print advertising 15 years ago the it doesn't matter if I think I'm making money I'm not making money in comparison and B they believe the influencer has a deeper connection with that audience yeah. because we physically talk to these mm-hmm. people so that's the definition of an influencer although I'm constantly saying I recently got management and I'm like I'm giving you guys one year To get me off these platforms. Okay. Mm -hmm. Should I'm always thinking of the future, and should Zuckerberg pull a plug on this thing? (laughs) Where's my bread coming from? This is not a realistic long term plan. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fool. I've always wanted to be a broadcaster. So let's give them my face online, but then take it mainstream. Yes. Yes. Let's warm them up here, Mm -hmm. and then go to a place where you can't lock me off Mm because you've paid your TV license over here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Online for me is very dubious. Mm. Mm. And especially being a black, especially being a dark-skinned black woman in that space, it can be very intense. I remember the first time, a YouTube video, and every single comment was the N-word. And I'm talking, this thread was at least 200 comments deep. And I think I cried about it for days. That initial punch is always the hardest. Now, you couldn't phase me, that's so whatever. But the first time that happened... And I was like, right, do I put this gauntlet down? Because that really hurt me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm most hurt by things I cannot change, and I will not change. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I don't like your hairstyle, and I can, you know, this is who I am. And I was like, girl, if you don't push on, there is going to be no way made for girls that look like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zero. And the at so, one yeah. You know. So I'm willing to show up every day and take some obscene, insane abuse because not only do I deserve this spot, I'm good at what I do. Yeah. I outwork the, the biggest of the white influencer. I may not ever have their numbers, but I'm a grafter. Yeah. And should I step back now, I feel like anyone who looks like me behind me, they get pushed back. Yeah. And I'm just not... And my daughter then gets, you know, she's looking at me like, really, Mum, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Even my son, because those feminist values, I want him to have. Mm-hmm. I want him to understand that being a dark-skinned black woman is not a game yeah. and you're going to need to treat us like queens all the time just to make us feel like we're on a level so if i like start to whimper and get tired i'm like i got to press on
0: so how did um how do you cope with that though like mentally because obviously see going having going on you know youtube instagram all these different sites and seeing obviously you know I always say with, with social media, look at the positives, not the negatives, mm. but you still can't help seeing it. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, yeah. and it does hurt if people are, you know, you know calling you things, you know, about, mm. you know, how you look, your skin tone, as you said, things that you can't change, mm-hmm. which isn't fair. Especially like, look at the work, concentrate on what I'm saying and what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but that's not what, I mean, the, the trials online are doing. So how do you cope with that mentally?
2: I've got a Nigerian man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? Explain, what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just, for the audience. I, mean, <laughs> I got a man who was raised in a place where he was the majority. Mm. And so the confidence that he arrives with mm. is astounding to me. And I draw on it all the time. He doesn't understand what a microaggression is. Mm. He doesn't understand if I say, oh, I didn't get that because I'm black. He's like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I come from a place where I'm a king. Mm. No one can test me. And I, I constantly pull on that well mm. because it's not until I was with him I realized how damaging British society is for young black women, especially. It's very damaging. It chips away at your confidence every single day, and I don't think you notice it until you're confronted with like that thread with the N-word. And you're like, oh, every day I'm just trying to make it through. I'm not excelling. I'm not happy. I'm just trying to navigate this space without getting my feelings hurt. And so whenever a troll pops up, not that it hurt me like it used to, he's right there in my ear, like, oh, please, yeah. what are we doing? Did yeah. you get paid? Did the check clear? Yeah, we're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> nah, yeah. You know. yeah, And But I, and he's learning that because for a long time in our relationship, he was like, "Handy, this is all in your head. Mm. And I was like, no, you're going to you're gonna have to understand yeah. because your daughter's going to be going through this. And what I don't want is for you to be telling her it's in her head because yeah. it's not. Even though you've come... And he now understands that he's privileged. Yeah. You can be a black person and be privileged yeah. depending on where you come from. And so, yeah, I pull from him.
0: And you're... And- You're not the only one winning awards, Diane. She's won an award too. (laughs) Candice won an
2: award for for her. Yes, hello.
0: (laughs) For her sex. So, how did it feel winning an award for what you're doing?
2: Insane, because the ladies I was up against, I used to watch in my lunch break Mm. when I was in publishing, and I. And I quit that job like almost four years ago. Yeah. And when I quit that job, my partner then became the sole breadwinner and he was steaming mad. <laughs> he, he was like, girl, we were just making it through and now you want to pull us back to poverty. Like, what? And I, I was just like, babe, believe in me. Mm. I can totally see this gap in the market. I just need you to like ride time. it out. Mm. And it's only really say in the last 12 months that there's just been this domino effect. Mm. Um, and it's been, it's, it's been really interesting to watch Transpire because now it's like, oh, you're, you're doing great things. It's like, yeah, but you weren't there when I, I had to go and sign on, <laughs> when I literally had to put my pride aside for this dream. And, go, and a lot of people don't think about the fact, you may have to go into the red for your dream. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Mm. But again, the support. So winning that award... For me personally, that done a lot for my self-confidence because a lot of the hate I face online comes from black women. Mm -hmm. That's That's crazy. That's interesting.
1: You know what's funny? (laughs) You know what's funny? They made a a post um, after I won on the shade room and I said I wasn't going to go on it, because it yes, really and truly... We know what the you shape... You, you can't help it, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's
0: in the name. And what then was you, look,
1: you scroll down, and then you're looking at the comments, and they're all coming from black people, and mm-hmm. you're like... Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you couldn't retwist your dreads before you went on stage, because you couldn't... I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like <sighs> it just seems ridiculous. Mm.
0: But I think as well, kind of, if you went on other kind of other sites and things mm-hmm. as well, you'd kind of see the same. But you know, look, like if it was like a kind of white blog, and it'd be from you know, like white women or white men oh, and yeah. things as well. But I think I think a lot of people today have actually lost empathy. They They're are, not, yes. you know, people. They're keyboard warriors. Yeah, oh. yeah. Like I look at the comments and things online sometimes, and I'm just like, why are people so mean? What, like, what sort of hurt you? Yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> why no. is there so much hate in your heart for you mm, to yeah. transfer? these words mm-hmm. to social media to, to hurt somebody yeah. it doesn't it, it really baffles me yeah. I mean what are some of the challenges you found since kind of winning have, you, have there been any particular challenges that you've had to face or overcome
1: um, you know what the first two to three weeks after my win I was kind of swept off my feet with the, kind, with the attention I really wasn't expecting that kind of attention mm. but, but after, thereafter, then I realized, you, you know when so, you, you, you get into a position and then people realize you're in this position and then they, they hold on to you and they say, okay, well, let me ride this coat yeah. because this is going to take me somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's become a heavy coat to wear. Mm-hmm. And I've had to say, okay, well, no, some, this can't work. So drop some of the hangers. I had to drop some of the hangers because it just didn't make... It was frustrating for myself because I still needed to create a vision of what I wanted to accomplish, what I wanted to do going forward. Mm. And having so many cooks in the pot mm. meant that I wasn't seeing the broth clearly. Yeah. So I had to kind of divorce myself
0: from it. And, and that's been the biggest challenge, I feel, since I've won. I think um, the good thing is, is from the kind of media and stuff mm-hmm. I've seen, mm-hmm. it's just mainly focused on you rather mm-hmm. than kind of, you know, bringing in... Like any family or things mm. around, yeah. Because sometimes when you get into the yeah. public eye, then you know they can start bringing out all yeah, sorts yeah, yeah. and things. Yeah. But Candice, your family are online. You, oh, you, you know they're front and center. So, how do they feel about that? And what made you make the decision to kind of put them, you know, in in the public eye? Because, again, they're. You're getting the comments, but I'm assuming that there's comments about... Poss- the people making comments about your children?
2: Never. Oh, that's that's They better, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> my mouth... My, my, I won't lie, my mouth is slick. Like, I'm not one of these polished... Pro- I am. I can be polished and professional. But when you cross a line with me, I remember I'm from SW2. And so... And when, and then, yeah, you can only imagine what happens after that. So I think they, they're like, oh, maybe not today. Like, yeah. Yeah. this is the line. How do I feel... I think the interesting thing with the internet is it starts so small. Mm. So it's like, oh, 500 followers, you're not thinking about it. I'm almost at 30,000 followers now. Yeah, amazing. Like, to be speaking to that number of people every day, I don't contemplate it. There are things, there's an unspoken rule between me and my partner now, I know what I would never post Mm -hmm. about my kids especially being black kids so one day my son he's only five months, he was in like a striped jumpsuit and I started singing acorns like, they weren't and I was like, Mm-mm, girl, put your phone down. <laughs> the media do that enough for it. he's a ba- he's a five month old baby, and that's just me having a laugh. Yeah. But in the back of my head, I always have to be like, yeah, you have to. Think what am I supporting? Way. What am I pushing? And it's a very exhausting. It's tiring. <laughs> it's, tiring. it's exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> not really You can't just post up on the gram like mm-hmm. some people would. Mm-hmm. You have to check yourself again and again because I I can't afford to be seen supporting these negative stereotypes. Um, I. My daughter, she's very outspoken, and I feel if she doesn't want to be in something, she will let me know. Yeah. And then I don't overexpose them. But on the flip to that, I'm like, this could potentially be the way they pay their way through school. Mm. You know? And there must be a way I can navigate this safely and put them in a position that I could have only have dreamt of being in. Yeah you know and that's how again the the more privileged think about it it's like how can we do this and level these kids up i don't want them to even know what renting is what's renting Mm -hmm. you know here's your deposit then grow that and grow that and grow that this this lineage of poverty goes so deep this this the, the background and our history of just thinking that these little crumbs we're served is good enough it's it's in every industry with yep. black people. And so I make the trade-off. Mm. I'm, take, I'm taking a risk, yeah.
0: potentially. Definitely. I think I always say that it's about now thinking about generational wealth yep. and how we can help you know, our kids and their kids and their kids' kids so mm-hmm. that they don't have to struggle. Yeah. So mm. it's good that you're kind of like inputting that yeah. into your kids and yeah, your yeah, family. Yeah. I mean, mm. both being online, like, every time I see, um, <laughs> see your pictures, they're all, you always look like... <laughs> I'm like picture perfect. It's like, oh, it's, like, it's like, do you ever have a bad day? <laughs> and you see, you're, as I said, you're putting yourself and your family out there. So, how, how do you find the pressure? How do you deal with the pressure of kind of having to feel like you have to be perfectionist online and have to represent your family kind of in the right kind of way online?
1: Well, I, I mean, I have a. a, a Collage of pictures that I just pick from and I put online sometimes. (laughs) When I'm, and you know what? I take a balance because the other day I posted a picture of my untwisted locks, nothing on my face, everything. And someone called me and they were like, Deanne, you sure you want this picture up? I was like,
0: Yes, I do. Because you know, there's so many... You know, there's, you know, that person called you. you, know, you know my yeah, You know how many people probably were thinking it? <laughs> when I was like, did yeah. call you.
1: Um, but, no, I said, you know what? There are a lot of pressures for young people on social media either way. Mm. And if I can just... I, Maybe it might not have an impact, but if I can say, look, there are pictures of me yeah, looking real dolled up and edited, not mm. edited, I, I have um, final say on the editing of the pictures yeah. thus far. I'm going to hope that I can continue mm. to have final say. Um, but when it comes to what I post, I try to, to have a responsible balance. So I don't post pictures of my family members unless they allow me to, I, I get consent from them. Because I mm. mean, family is very important to me. Yeah. Um, I, I post pictures of myself, no filter, no makeup, because this, you, sh- you should be able to celebrate yourself
0: mm. not Definitely. being
1: dolled up. And if I can only feel confident with my makeup on, then there's still some work to be done for mm. myself. So I, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that on, on, on social media I use it responsibly. Mm. Um, my motto has been thus far, post quotes that you wish someone had posted online for you to see mm. and also post like mm. you know pictures, things, things about you know that if you make a wrong turn in life, you can always turn around, stuff like that. You yeah. know I think people love to see those messages because it might inspire them.
0: Definitely. When they're down. So it's amazing that you're kind of representing in this way, but you're both busy women, so how do you manage to balance your kind of, like, work life and your personal life?
2: (laughs) Candice is shaking her (laughs) head, like, she's like, girl, I'm not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there is no balance because there's no days off. Mm. There's no days... Again, being... That's why I'm fighting so hard to get offline, because this pressure of posting and responding and engagement and likes... It does my heading. And, yeah. and whether people admit it or not, it does chip away at your self-confidence. I remember with my son. I had my son on my 30th birthday. I had an elective C-section. And I had a video of his birth edited and ready to go two hours after he was born. Wow. That's
0: dedication. What? Two hours. <laughs> like, like, this is what you... Th- I'd have been, like, dying. <laughs> like, oh, my God,
2: I've just had a C-section. Babe- I think we had but a video in already. the back of your head, it's like you know that this is what your audience have been waiting for. Yeah. It's almost like they've been on this journey. Like, yeah, mm. they've seen my kids grow up, so now they're just like... And I felt... Like, and now looking back, that's insanity. It's... That was oh, yeah. so silly. And I just tried to project what I wish I saw about motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're going to get stretch marks, girl. Mm. One boob is going to hang lower than the other. Like, mm. stop with this horrific snapback culture. Mm. Mm. It's really damaging, not just to mothers, but to what young women then think they need to grow up to be. If that's not naturally how your body is, you're going to have to, like, work with it. So I was very upfront about my post-C-section journey specifically because C-section isn't spoken about a lot. And most black British women end up having a C-section. That's Mm -hmm. a talk for another day, the reasons behind that. But I was like... I want to show you what knickers you need to buy. (laughs) I want to show you how bad this pain can really be. Because this is the reality. Mm -hmm. So I was up on there every day showing my, like, Coco de Mole and, like, this this is what the stitch line looks like. And people were glued... They were like, we've never seen mm. birth in this way. Yeah,
0: I can imagine because most people after they've just had a baby are kind of like at home. They're probably, yeah. especially if they haven't got like people to help them. Yeah. They're probably like stressed, babies cry. Who's got time to be recording and editing
2: videos? I don't know. <laughs> I, but How you, did you do it? I, so apart from not balancing, when you love doing something, it just, ha- you, you find a way. People are like, "Oh, but your son 's only five months, I'm like, but I love my job. Mm. I love creating content. I love writing that kind of information out, so I just so I get up between four thirty and five every day, wow. just to make sure that I can get this work in before his first reading there is There is no balance, but i 'm working to give my kids a better balance, you know, and again i 'm willing to take that l for now yeah so yeah
0: it 's amazing. Good. What about you? Like, how have you managed to, to balance kind of like work life and um just personal?
1: There hasn't. Well, there's been more balance because I don't have kids. <laughs> um, uh, but it's it's about. I think for me, I'm trying to just make sure that I schedule everything in mm. that I get because. I mean, I I like what I'm doing, and obviously, it hasn't occurred yet because mm. it's, I'm coming to the run-up in December. Yeah. Um. So right now, it's about working, um, targeting um the areas that I want to in terms of interview, because that's the that's what what I'm most passionate about. Because I yeah. want to send a message when I
0: get there. Mm. We'll see how it gets received. But so um, when you get there, you're saying to the main Miss Universe to in the, the Philippines. Miss Universe organization. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So um. Yeah, it's 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 been okay thus far though. I, I've had support from my family, which, you know, I'm lucky they're up here and um, I've 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 had more balance than Candice. Sorry. Okay. No <laughs> <kiss. laughs> so I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with the balance thus far. Only in the beginning it was a bit difficult.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but now it's it's much
0: better. So, I mean, so Candice, what does self-care look like to you then, obviously, when you, you're not managing to find that balance, but if you do get any kind of time for yourself, what does self-care look like to you?
2: What does self-care look like? So, it's just um, started to, a habit has occurred where once a year I go away without the kids. Mm. And as crazy as life is, I can just zone in, it's like it's going to be one or two weeks with no one, yeah. just my thoughts. I'm also now in therapy. Oh. And I think black people don't talk about that enough. Mm. And I think we're too quick to like throw money at the Gucci but not our mental health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And no amount of Gucci is gonna cover up these past transgressions. Mm. You might have to pay someone fifty pound an hour to unlock certain things that will then might you can go on and make millions because your mind is clear. Yeah. But we can't just keep putting materialistic things over these issues. So I'm in like my seventh week of therapy, girl. Woo, chap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all sorts coming out. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like,
2: really? Um, but
0: what I, made you decide to to go into
2: therapy? My my mum's got really bad mental health really bad she i i was 5 when she first took an overdose in the house alone wow. and i had to call the ambulance and i've seen what happens when you cannot control or you neglect that part of your life. After my first daughter, I had a really traumatic birth experience. I got sepsis and almost died after her. And when I fell pregnant with my son, that birth experience was so bad, we considered not having him. Wow. We were like, but you almost died last time. So what's the point of a new baby without the mum? This don't Mm. make no sense. So I knew that there was a lot that I had to work through to even have the blessed birth experience that i went on to have but past that just so i'm not projecting on my kids Mm. because i was projected upon so much as a child and it's made me stronger but it's not worth it You know, I want them to see love in the house. I want them to understand that um, black relationships can be lasting. You'll have your disagreements, Mm. but, you know, it's not every time you've got to, like, physically fight. And to do that, I have to check in with myself first because I can't be looking at my partner saying, you need to do... There's a lot of self-work that has to go on, so that's where therapy came in, and it's been really good thus far.
0: No, it's beautiful that you have taken that on because, like you said... Not enough not enough of us kind of go and, you know, go to therapy, go mm-hmm. and seek counselling for, you know, for anything. Oh, You don't even have to... I have an issue just to have someone to talk to because I find sometimes as people we keep a lot in because, you know, yeah. growing up mm-hmm. we're always told to be strong. Be strong. To be strong. We and need to
1: talk to our boys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Because we we
1: keep telling our boys, um, don't cry, mm-hmm. um, don't, you know, don't make a, a fuss. And, you're like, obviously when they grow up, they'll take all these... Mm -hmm. pent-up emotions on other people yeah Mm -hmm. you have to be able to talk and let them express themselves because we're all emotional beings we we're all emotional beings Mm.
0: but even as kind of girls i think a lot of girls are told to kind of like you know not cry or you know if you i'm not sure if any of you ever heard like if you don't if you don't hear you must feel oh oh, yeah yeah, like yeah Yeah. if you don't stop crying i'll give you something to cry for and things (laughs)
2: and (laughs) you know (laughs) 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 Flushed, yeah. like,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're, like,
0: you're feeling it so you can see um you can see that mm. um a lot of these things kind of like growing up like, so you you end up kind of not feeling like you can be vulnerable or mm. not feeling like you can kind of express yourself and just talk about feelings mm-hmm. like it's like feelings what have you got mm. you know exactly what are those what have you got to be upset for you have got a house yeah. you've got food <laughs> yeah. you know so growing up i know that you know that's what a lot of us kind of like experience yeah. and so to be able to kind of go to counselling and feel yeah. that you can kind of talk about it and let it out mm. is a beautiful thing yeah i mean and what about you like kind of self-care what you know what's your happy place what's the thing that you do mm. to kind of have the end time
1: the end time now is journaling Mm-hmm. So I journal a lot. I put down how I feel, what's been affecting me, and why
2: mm-hmm. I think it's
1: been affecting me in the way that it has, which is, which is quite... I think reflection is important. Like it's, I think it's a cheaper way of doing what Candice kind of <laughs> <laughs> Um but, but I can understand getting away. She does have you know, a lot to go on with as well. But mm-hmm. that's how I try to take care of myself. And I do try to take a day and just get out of the house because there are a lot of people in my household. Yeah. And everyone has an opinion on what you should be doing. Like, you know, in, in, in like our households, if you're sitting down,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. They're like, what are you doing? Don't you have something to do? I'm like,
0: mm. <laughs> you can't, <you> chill. Can't
1: <laughs> you can't just sit down. No, there's no relaxation. So i just, I have to get out the house and go for a run or just go and sit down somewhere. A lot, and a lot of it. What really has been helping me is which I don't I don't like to offload too much on my friends but I have my my be, my best friends they are like my rock so we can talk about anything and we we help each other process emotions which is like it's like counseling yes. too you you yeah. I I tell them exactly how I feel even if I'm wrong about something they will let me know in a way that's not damaging cuz there's some sometimes you can you can have a, a, a wrong opinion about something but you don't have to just Slate it. Yeah. You, you know, they, they break it down, and sometimes they slate me, but <laughs> most of the time they break it
0: down. Um, so, but it's good to have friends around that you know yeah. will challenge you and will be honest with you, yeah. and kind of you know talk and talk to you that you feel comfortably enough to talk mm-hmm. to, you because not everybody has that. Not every, you know, whether, yeah. it, whether it's friends or family. Yeah, I yeah. So, um, let's think. What's next in the pipeline? What's mm. next for you, Candice?
2: Ooh, what is next? To just write these books. Like I said, that that was the first dream. And sometimes I think when you strip it back to what the child you wanted, mm-hmm. I just wanted to write books. Yeah. So I I want to how can I say, oh, there's no nice way to say this. There are a lot of people being published trash because they got big followings, you know. I feel the same, girl. (laughs) I feel the same. There's a a lot of nonsense out there Mm -hmm. There just because these people have large followings. Mm -hmm. And I want to debunk that myth. Like, I can actually write. Mm -hmm. And also, could you imagine if JK Rowling was told, go and grow your Instagram? (laughs) Because this is what's happening. And I can say this, I used to work in publishing. I used to read some manuscripts I was like, this is fire. Mm. But she don't have no Instagram. Mm. So they're not trying. And it's just rejection after rejection. And then utter nonsense comes in, but because this person's got half a million followers,
0: they're on it. Yeah. And that's it's really frustrating to me because it's not even just in publishing. I find that in in music and just in the creative industry in general as well. You know, if you've got a following, then people are willing to and You've got a following, but it doesn't necessarily mean you've got the right kind of engagement. Mm -hmm. And so you've got this following, and they're willing to kind of give you money or give you free things or give you a publishing deal or give you a music Mm. deal. Yet that person that's incredibly talented, probably more talented than the person that's got Mm -hmm. the following, just not into social media, is not getting a look in. And so so many people, so many talented people, are kind of you know going under the radar because Mm -hmm. of this. Mm -hmm. And so you know, I hope your book. World, it will. You, it you, will, you will make it happen. You will make sure. it happen. <laughs> Amen. And what about you? What's next in the pipeline?
1: Um, next in the pipeline is the Miss Universe pageant. Yes. Mm. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. So it's in December, um, the 16th of December in Bangkok. Mm. So I'll be leaving in November um, to prepare for it. So how, how, how are you so feeling you about that? it? You know, I felt a lot of pressure after I won, because I I felt, okay, I won this, now I need to win the other one, because Mm -hmm. if I don't win the other one, then they'll be like, well, what did we crown you for? Um, But I think now it's just about representing, doing my best, of course, Yeah. um, but still just feeling as though, just making sure that during the process, I still enjoy it. Yeah. Because it is a bit, it it is there is there are a lot of eyes on you in the run up to it, and and they always want you to be a certain way and and be very diplomatic in in what you do and what you say. And I understand that because the role is supposed to be that of someone who can go to places and be very tactful in what they say and what they do, Um, and. I think I have good training in being tactful. Uh, But also, there's a part of me that wants to just say exactly how I feel about (laughs) certain things. (laughs) You know, there's certain things that you you have a hard line in your mind about, but... So it's trying to find that balance, and trying to find out, okay, where will I I say this? And how can I say it best? Um, That's the immediate, um, my immediate plans. As for the future, Mm. My mom is like, "Where is that law? Where are you going?" <laughs> um, but I, I think I want to see how it unfolds because although I'm very interested in the law, I I think I have other talents that I want to explore.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, obviously, I can't go back to track and field because that's a ship done sale. <laughs> Um But. Um, I'd like to see
0: where else. And you're young, so you've got the time to do it, so now is the time to do it. You know, you've got the mm-hmm. you've got the degree, you've got the paper, mm-hmm. so it's not gonna go anywhere. That's true. I think you'll you'll always have time to kind of do that. Mm-hmm. You've you've done the work, mm-hmm. so do the things that make you happy for now. True. I mean, what's the one piece of advice you wish you'd been told before you entered into kind of like Miss Universe? Hmm.
1: Oh, oh! There's one piece of advice that comes to my mind, but I don't think I can say that. <laughs> say it. Uh, don't, don't be shy. Be a nice, stubborn person. Mm. If you, I, I'm, I'm, re- I'm rephrasing, obviously, um, but it's really about you can be nice and you can still tell people to go
0: away. <laughs> Like you're being nice now. This is like, that's, the, that's the Miss University
1: a Diplomatic answer. Yeah, so I, I, I wish I'd known that before because in the beginning I just kept saying yes, yes, yes mm. and then
0: started feeling a bit
1: yeah. torn,
0: so I wish I'd known that before. Cool. Well, at least you know it now for I when do. you go on to the yeah. kind of main stage yes. of the next, next part. What about you, Candice? What's the one piece of advice you wish you were given before taking steps into your field?
2: That however hard you think it's going to be, you really need to multiply that by at least 20.
0: I think people think that, you know, being an influencer and, do, and making content online is easy, and they don't realise how much graph goes in. Like you said, you have no balance. So so I think it's um, great that you're kind of, like, letting people know, actually, if this, is, this is serious. If, actually, if you really want to make money from if you're doing it for fun, that's one thing, yeah. but if you want to do it as a business and you want to live from the profits for it, then, you know... And- yeah.
2: And also, and business—that's the word you mentioned. I, I notice a lot of black influences that I know and don't know. If they don't have the right management, mm. it makes no sense. Getting management changed my life because they were able to go right, clear all this, these weeds away. What are the trees you really want to see? Yeah. So this not, and they give me that clear path. And I think again, sometimes we just get so used to the little. Mm, you know that in. it's like oh I'm winning mm. a woman called me the other day who I'd worked with before I had management she didn't even ask if I want the job she put a number down that I'd already agreed to in the past and I was like I'll forward you to them knowing full well they weren't going to manage that she found two extra zeros mm. wow.
0: yeah. two. two no not everyone one. two
2: So, (laughs) you see, when you change the infrastructure, how the respect and your worth can go up. And I think sometimes it's about, as Black women, especially, we've been taught a lot to just get on by ourselves. Mm. You just, no. Sometimes you need people around you who know the game better than you. Definitely. Because. And also, if you're
0: afraid to kind of negotiate or don't understand your value, they do, and they're doing that negotiating for you. Yeah. Things. And, you know, it's like. Like a couple of months back, um, when that article came out of um, I can't remember the girl's name, but where she was an online influencer, mm. and then she needed like 2k to get um, <laughs> to get a visa, but she had how many thousands of followers? Yeah. She was posing up with her Gucci in these expensive hotels. Yet she yeah. couldn't afford a 2k mm. um, wow. 2k visa. <laughs> and so sometimes as well, it's people realizing that for some of the influencers, it's all smoke and mirrors, yeah, and it's it? not yeah. you know the reality behind what they're posting.
2: And I'm very honest about that. Mm. I tell people. All All the time when my credit card bill's overdue. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we're living in a time where we can reassure people with our reality, you know? There's no need to front. I don't have time to... If I want to buy niceness and that, I have to save for it. Mm -hmm. And I want young black women to understand that as well.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. So, I mean, what do you want your legacy to be? Like, how are you hoping that your visibility and influence helps those following in your footsteps?
1: Visib- visibility wise I mean I've, I've never really explored something in the media before now but I am quite interested because it's funny podcasts I really enjoy my experience with the media has been touch and go sometimes like they have a, a line that they want to build and that they want to go down and sometimes when you don't fit into that line it's like you're cast off aside and so that's quite interesting I I would like to kind of delve more into that but um,
0: in terms of legacy
1: legacy I just want to be able to show that black British women can do anything in any space
0: cool and Candice
2: that you can show up and be aggressively you because I think there's many a time years back I would have been like "Mm, should I wear a weave should I, you know, should I dress less loud? Yeah. Should I not wear these earrings because they might send a ghetto message? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> just, it, I would love people to be like, no, she won being her authentic self. Yeah, Like, I'm, I'm going to show up and be aggressively me. Mm-hmm. And if I can win like that, then I, anyone coming behind me, the world is your oyster. If I come to this field and dilute myself even a little bit it's not worth it. I love that.
0: Be your authentic mm-hmm. self yeah. and be aggressively. Yeah. And, which is what you're both definitely doing <laughs> <Yeah>. in abundance. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing. So thank you, ladies. We're going to have some questions from the audience, but give them a round of applause, guys. So, I'm sure that from what these ladies have said, there must be questions that you guys have to, to ask them. So, if, just put your hands up there's a kind of roaming mic around and stuff don't be afraid and yeah just speak up.
2: Hi ladies hello again mm-hmm. um, lovely to hear both your stories really really lovely thank you. I am wondering if I can pick up a little bit on the narrative of getting trolling from people within your own black community uh, and what you think we can do to kind of repair i guess some of the relationships within our own and some of the letdowns and disappointments that we sometimes experience how we repair i I, I think for
1: one it calls for a lot of self-love and and in the family structure doing kind of what candace is doing because you sometimes have messages and they come from within the families that okay let's just say you have a um, family and and the dad's like a oh, black women are so ghetto you're like you need to if you if you're gonna go for one get this one or um those messages when you pass them down a to a very young age to your children and they become very entrenched and, they, and then they bury them because they don't they can't identify where it came from and you just see it online. It just comes up online. It comes up in the things they say, um, the way they act towards you. It, it really and truly, I think, it's remedied in the home, in the messages you send to your children, in, the, in, in, teenagers, and what they say to other people about members of your own community. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though some, a lot of other communities are very protective of their own. Yes. But for some reason, it's there's it's almost a, uh, a chasm. Within our community,
2: I think. I think also, um, we have to be willing to fight more for visibility within a a society that wants to act like we don't exist. Because a lot of the trolling I face, I genuinely comes. It comes from a place of, if you're doing that, there's no room for me, Mm -hmm. and that's really annoying. Mm Because it's like if you see one black woman at that table, you're like, oof, cow. Too many black <laughs> They've got their number. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So if we were willing to carve out more space and not fall for the false narrative that there can only be one, I think that will dilute the hate. Because again, a lot of it just stems from you've got that and I don't. And if you're holding that trophy right now, I can't do it. Just look at Serena and Osaka the other day. Yeah. What the media are already trying to do is pit two women of colour against each other because in the world they can't coexist at the same time
0: when that's not the case and you could see from how Serena acted to, great uh, she, you know she acted with grace and it came with, from a place of love and yeah. I think that's that's something that we all need to do as well you know mm. with the trolls it's kind of like okay actually it's like Michelle Obama said when they go when they go low yeah, we, we go, go high. high so come, come, come at each other from a place of love regardless of what yeah. what you know that person's doing it's like mm. actually I'm going to hit you with love and yeah. regardless of whether you like it or not yeah. so I think that's all we can do is just kind of continue to build that love and if they accept it fantastic mm. if they don't we know that we've done the right thing as yeah. people yeah thank you ladies hello hi uh what's good if you don't like just thank you for this and um, black magic and everything like that um it's great to see you have a platform where you're you guys talk about your greatness mm-hmm. it's it's rare to have we're great
2: yeah <laughs> so that,
0: that's a great platform for this. So thank you for sharing your stories and stuff. Just wondered whether um, all of these things have you achieved and stuff. have you been surprised by any reactions? The people you've reached, the audiences you've reached, any, like, surprise reactions, good?
2: Yeah, white people suck it up with a straw. Oh. <laughs> it's really... It's really it dazzles me because I'm like, right, I'm 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 doing this to try and break down the supremacy you built up, and yet here you are with your go girl, and I'm like, okay, that's so strange <laughs> to me because I was never doing this for you, mm-hmm. and so to for that. Audience to receive me so willingly that really caught me off guard.
0: Well, I think that's a great thing because ultimately they're not seeing representation of Black family life in the media, in the mainstream media. So now at least they're coming to you and actually understanding that, you know, you know, it is, it is different. You know, you can get you know, you know, two point four families, you know, loving and happy and things, and not just the kind of downtrodden baby mother that they often see on TV. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> What about you? What surprised?
1: No, I um, I would say the responses I referred to earlier. I mean, you don't expect it, but when it comes through, you're still astounded and you feel really humbled that people feel as though you they can look up to you. So I think that's been surprising for me and still welcoming. I still welcome it.
0: I just wanted to ask... Um, you um mm-hmm. in terms of because you've obviously you've done law mm-hmm. and then you got into sports yeah what was it specific about a pageantry that made you go that route and not just go the modeling route or like okay. what was it about mm-hmm. that industry that you,
2: um,
0: you always wanted to do it or was you, like what was
1: no it? it wasn't something that i always wanted to do but um i went to a pageant in the caribbean actually mm-hmm. and they, it's a lot more theatrics, so it's costume and it's this and it's it's,
0: it's a carnival <laughs> on a stage. It's and they, they win stage. money though, and, and,
1: and, and scholarships and things. Yeah. So so and then I entered because mm. I was like, well, I want to do it too. <laughs> um, and I won, and I, I got a scholarship. So I said, you know what? Let me chase this up. What else can I go? What else can I do? And. This is what kind of unfolded. This is a path that unfolded for me. It wasn't. It wasn't something that I thought about at a young age. No, I know other people say, "Oh, from the time I was five, I wanted to be." I didn't. <laughs> but it came to me. I, I was able to explore a different part of myself through pageantry, um, an onstage persona, because I'm. Um, I am a bit different off stage. I mean, there are parts of my personality that are on stage. I am very fun, bubbly, I like to laugh, and I'll carry that on, sp- on stage with me, but I'm still a private person, so mm. I still do, yeah. There's a There's a difference, but I enjoy my, um, being on stage, and so I was, able, I was allowed to do that, so I said, why not? If not, why not? Mm-hmm. So
0: that was it and we be cheeky and just keep my second um, <laughs> <laughs> also for you in terms of you like you make complete sense when you're talking about you want to have be on a broadcaster because mm-hmm. you know that way
2: you can have days off and you can go in and you can separate home and work life yeah. um, is there anything on the moment that you not, I don't want to say emulate because you're going to bring your own thing to it, but is there anything on at the moment you'd be like, oh, I do want to time up and be in something like that? I'm, I'm only
0: thinking loose swimming because I'm just thinking of women chatting, but I'm not saying that's what you want to do.
2: No, you know, you know Louis Theroux. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go into prisons. Yeah. I want to understand why Lambeth has the highest HIV rate. Mm. Like, I want to go deep. Mm. I want to do, you know... Yeah, yeah I want to do the hard stuff. Yeah. Like, I love stuff like Loose Women, but, again, if I'm going to show up and already be everything they don't expect, yeah. I'm just going to run straight yeah. for the stuff that you assume I shouldn't do. Mm. I think it's too easy now. OK, black woman, let's just make her a Tricia. Mm. You know, I will accept that as an entry, yeah. but that's not how we're going to finish. Yeah. Like, I want to get into those place those crevices that are being hidden or where only white men are allowed to explore mm-hmm. And when you consistently only report from one kind of face you only get one kind of story the way that you know if he went into lambeth and wanted to speak about hiv people are not going to open up to him the way they could possibly open up to me yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so we've got time for one more
0: question. Ah okay.
2: So when I work in a women's jail and that oh. definitely needs to be talked okay. about. Okay. They get ignored a lot. Okay. Um but I had a question about the financial side. You were talking about management. Uh-huh. And like I do a podcast, but it's beginning and yeah. I always thought I have to be at a certain level for like management and stuff mm-hmm. to come to me. Yeah. And I don't know really how to shop for it. So I wonder if you had any tips on like how we pick a certain manager, how we know who to trust, you know, like what to look for? Look at the people that you admire within your field and then work out who's representing them and then work to get to a level where you might not be the biggest but you're the most respected. Mm -hmm. I don't have the biggest numbers in my field but I'm damn sure the most respected in my field Mm -hmm. because no one can bring to the table what I bring to the table and first and foremost you have to value and see your work in that manner before someone comes in and is like I see that in you too because at the end of the day even though management is great they make 20% off me not the other way around. So I still have to be on my hustle. And you have to understand that any manager that comes to represent you, you're doing them a favour. So even though it's a case of, oh, I want to shop for someone, you know, you want to shop for the best management, but you also want to work with people you also respect because it's you cutting them a check. And I would just say, like, close your eyes to all what you think are your competitors because that old saying of what's for you ain't going to pass you by and you just need to be so in your zone because I think the biggest throw-off in anything with a podcast or social media is watching someone else's hype or watching their numbers or their subscribers. It can be really damaging because you never know when it's going to pop for you. Or I was very small and then one day this white lady who had a million followers mentioned me and I gained 10,000 followers in a day. Wow. wow. But I'd been unemployed for three years. Mm. You, do you see? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'd say.
0: Cool. Well, thank you, ladies. You've been amazing just hearing your journeys and where you've come from and where you are now. I'm just excited to see where you take it in the future. So if people want to keep in touch with you both. So, Deanna, how can people keep in touch and follow your journey? Um, well,
1: I'll post a lot of it on my socials. Ironic. <laughs> um, so, my social is as told by D, so that's A S T O L D underscore D double E. Um, and on Facebook, possibly, my Facebook name is Deanne Kentish Rogers. So, you can follow me on either um, platform and I'll keep you up to date in the run up to Miss Universe, hopefully, as Miss Universe. Uh, yeah.
2: Oh <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and Candice? I'm um, just Candice Brathwaite, not Braithwaite, Brathwaite, very Bayesian in that. Mm. Brathwaite. Um, yeah, I'm that everywhere. So, yeah.
0: Amazing. So, we'll definitely keep following yeah. and keep clicking and things. Yeah. And so, the Black Magic Podcast you can listen to on all the usual podcast providers from Acast to Apple Podcasts to iTunes, the work. So, keep spreading the word and sharing the magic. Thank you for joining. I'm Anika Allen, and this was the Black Magic Podcast Live at the London Podcast Festival.